Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Unclench those butt cheeks, Dodgers Nation. L.A. gets the win. They dominate San Francisco this season, and we're going to break it all down. What a difference a year makes. The orange and black magic has ran out up in San Francisco. The Dodgers, they get the best of their rivals once again. They sweep San Francisco, and look, let's be honest. Last year, it was a San Fluke Cisco. They were one-year wonders. They, They made the playoffs. They won the division, but that's about it. The Dodgers, they took their division back and they took it to their rivals this season. They were 15 and 4. They won 15 of 19 games against San Francisco this season. That is good for a 589 win percentage. That is the second best of all time. Only the 1899 Brooklyn Super Boss, who were 10 and 2 against the Giants, had a better record against the Giants in one season. They also outscored San Francisco 99 to 55. And we're going to break down all of tonight's action. Andrew Heaney, eight punch outs. He showed a lot of grit. He had the big punch out there to get out of the bases loaded jam earlier in the game. Alex Vesey has struggled with command a little bit. How about Mookie Betts coming through in the clutch? Justin Turner gets it done again. How about the defensive plays by Cody Bellinger in center? Mookie Betts in right. How about just the fundamental play there at the end by Freddie Freeman? A nice bounce back appearance by Craig Kimber. We have so much to get into, but first and foremost, do you think last season was a fluke for the San Francisco Giants? Describe the Giants season last year in one word and also who is your player of the game and where you're representing Dodgers Nation from tonight where are you repping your boys in blue but let's get right into this comment section here we go Austin Barnes and that and that pretty bun. Yeah, Isaac, I don't know if you saw what I tweeted. I did a bunch of siren emojis, and I said, the Dodgers bunt in extra innings. And you saw it paid off. And the funny thing is Austin Barnes goes up there. He lays down that bunt in the top of the 10th inning. And the Dodgers heading into this one were 4-8 and eight in extras. Now they're 5-8 and eight in extras. They were 12-13 and 13 in one-run games. Now they're 500 in one-run games, sitting at 13-13. and 13. And Austin Barnes, he lays down that sack bunt down the third baseline. Bailey advances to third. That's the first out. And then next batter, Mookie Betts. Marcus Lynn Betch. Betts, he hits the clutch double down the left field line, scoring Cody Bellinger to give the Dodgers a 3-2 lead. Slider bottom of the zone. Reached down and got it. Kept it fair down the left field line. But yeah, it was refreshing to see the Dodgers go with that bunt there. And uh, basically, everyone's been asking for that, and the Dodgers, they oblige. But yeah, here we go. Back to the comment section. What are your thoughts on Heaney's outing? Kimbrell's bounce back. We'll talk about that as well. Hi, DMAC. Hi, Diane Schroeder. How you doing? I know you represent out there in Cancun. And also, I'm looking for the comment of the night and fire takes. If you bring that fire take, of course, you're going to see one of these. And if you win one of those comments of the night, you're going to see one of these. You win. And I don't know about you guys, but I like to celebrate a Dodgers win with a crisp and refreshing Jim Beam highball seltzer. These things are fire, just like your Los Angeles Dodgers, who are now 101-44 in on the season, on pace to win 112 games. And they're now 32 and a half games up on the San Francisco Giants. They, of course, lost the division to them last year by one game, and now they're up 32 and a half games. And I can't even see the Giants from up here. Where are the Giants? They don't look like Giants 
from up here, sitting up 32 games. But here we go. Mustache Kimbrell looks like he was from the Princess Bride from afar. <laughs> Dude, I noticed that too. That's from Dolphin Slippers over there on YouTube. And yeah, he did have a different vibe out there with the uh, with the mustache. And look, I appreciate it. You want to try to change things up if you're Craig Kimbrell. And, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at him for that. But uh, we got Riverside, California, Angel represented. We got coming in from Calgary, Alberta. That's Darren over on YouTube. We got we got a rep in the – we got Colton from the 909. We got – we got repping from the Dodgers from Fremont in the Bay. That's from Father. All right, nice. You're in enemy territory up there in the Bay. And by the way, one of my big takeaways for this weekend is big shout out to Dodger fans out there who made the trip. I know there's a lot of Dodger fans who are already up in the Bay Area. Some made the trip up there. You took over that stadium, and that is officially Dodger Stadium North. Because look, I don't care if the Dodgers were in last place and they hadn't won a game all season and the Giants were in first place by a million games. You would never see the Giants take over Dodgers. Dodger Stadium like that, but Dodger the Dodger game that uh, that stadium was filled with Dodger fans all see all weekend long. And big ups to the Dodgers Nation up there. Represent your boys in blue. I mean, you heard the Let's Go Dodgers chants. I mean, you saw they were actually selling Dodgers merch at Oracle Park. I mean, if that is not embarrassing for Giants fans, I don't know what is. Look, I don't know what they're going to do next. Are they going to start serving Dodger dogs? Are they going to say it's time for Dodger baseball up there? Are the Dodgers going to wear their home whites? up in San Francisco because, yeah, the contingency of Dodger fans up there was very impressive. So shout out to all the Dodger fans that made it out. That was definitely one of my big takeaways. What's up, DMAC? What up, Damien, over on Facebook? We got Sergio, Highland Park, Go Doyers, Diane, I am repping from Cancun tonight. Diane Schroeder, I don't know what you do for a living, but you must get a lot of awesome vacation time because it seems like you go to Mexico on vacation every other week. But stay living it up and crush some margaritas for us here at Dodgers Nation. Watching from the 90201, Dylan Hare over on YouTube. One word for the Giants last season, fake. Yeah, by the way, if you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Post-game shows all season long, breakdowns, interviews, and more up-to-the-minute news and rumors all season long. And also, smash that like button, because this is your show. I'm just hosting. I'm the human hype machine here to get all your takes, all your perspective on Dodger baseball. Here we go, Bob. Checking in from Yuma, Arizona. Taylor better start hitting that is from Mike. Look, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Chris Taylor is a guy that you saw the success he was able to have late in the San Diego series. He was much better in the Diamondback series, of course. Tonight, Chris Taylor, he goes 0 for 4, so not his best night, so a little bit of a step back. And really, for this entire Dodgers offense, they didn't play that well tonight, but look, winners win. This team, they just know how to win a baseball game at the end of the day because the Dodgers, they had multiple opportunities. They were 2 for 9 with runners in scoring position. They left 9 runners on base, and as a team, they go 6 for 34, and they ended up striking out eight times, which is not too bad. But the pitching, give it up to the pitching for the Dodgers. I thought Andrew Heaney, he bounced back big time tonight. Heaney did his thing, eight strikeouts in four innings of work, allowed two hits, and he also had to sit through a 38-minute delay. So Heaney, he was getting it done up in San Francisco because last start we saw it was the home runs. It was home run Heaney. He had allowed five home, 11 home runs in his last 11 games combined after allowing just 
one home run in his first seven games. Tonight, a much better showing for Andrew Heaney. So Heaney truthers rise. He was much better tonight. Avoided the heart of the plate. You saw him using that four-seam fastball. Had the spin. He was locating it, elevating it. So I was really impressed with Andrew Heaney. And really, the best part of his outing was his ability to get out of that jam in the bottom of the fourth inning. We're going to talk about that because it was high wire Heaney tonight. Look, I don't know if he was looking for a job for Barnum and Bailey the way he was running that high wire act in this one, but still, he got out of that jam. He showed that emotion. He showed that ex-grit, that ex-dog that we know he has because he is the Heen dog. But here we go. Jump back into the comment section here. We got Taylor, a, a giant fluke. That's some wolf boy over on YouTube. Craig Harder of the Giants retired. Buster Posey, Craig Osterberg. That's a good point. I mean, Buster Posey, he's a guy that he's been one of the best players in baseball over the last decade, and he was a big part of their success last year. But they have fallen, fallen off tremendously this season. Brandon Crawford hasn't had the same amount of success. But, yeah, they did lose a lot of those core members. They didn't bring back Chris Bryant and – yeah, they just weren't the same team this season. But here we go. Good job, Dodgers. That's from Rebecca. We got, hello, Bangkok. The AAA bullpen held back the flood. That is from Steven Richter. Yeah, look, I think you, you at the end of the game, Andre Jackson – he did struggle with command, and that was really his issue. And he's really, I mean, I was like impressed with his velocity during certain parts of his appearance, but he ends up going two-thirds of an inning through 27 pitches and 17 were for strikes. We'll talk about his outing as well. But the Dodgers tonight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pitchers. They used total, and they combined for a season-high 17 strikeouts. So a season-high 17 strikeouts for the Dodgers, 10 innings of work. Andrew Heaney went for, I thought that Phil Bigford, he was impressive again tonight. Phil Bigford is a guy that's certainly turning it around for the Dodgers. He's a guy that really had struggled with allowing home runs this season, but BDB, as they call him on the streets, you make what you will with that and what that actually means. But uh, BDB did his thing. Phil Bigford, another scoreless appearance, and he hasn't allowed a run in his last nine appearances. So, I mean... That's 10 and two-thirds innings, so give him a lot of credit. Phil Bigford, he did the thing. And then Craig Kimbrell, who ends up getting the win tonight, I believe, right? Or no, no. Um, yeah, I believe he did, right? And then Brill got the save. So Craig Kimbrell, he gets the win. He was efficient tonight. Kimbrelsa had the let it go magic once again. But representing from Houston, I don't want to see the cheat throws in the World Series. That's from Jeff. Sub DMAG watching from Fresno. Not much Dodger fans up here. Hey, Frankie, represent. I see you even have a blue car. So you know you love your Dodger baseball. And hey, sometimes it feels good to be that Dodger fan in enemy territory because we need you represent for the Dodgers. And you can fly your Dodger fan, your Dodger flag proudly, knowing that your team is the division champions, knowing that your team dominated the Giants after last season where the Dodgers were one game shy of extending their division title streak to nine years. The Giants took it, and the Dodgers took it to them in the NLDS. But this year, a different story. LA winning 15 of 19 over San Francisco, a 789 win percentage. They outscored the Giants this year by a total of 99 to 55. Last season, Dodgers go 10 and 9, and they outscored the Giants 80 to 78. But what a difference a year makes, and what do you think it is? 
did uh, did did Gabe Kapler stop giving his players the steroids or something like the Gabe Kapler juice? Was that it? Was it the fact that they didn't have the orange and black magic? You didn't have late night late night Lamont and things like that. I mean, what do you think it was? Because the Giants were so clutch last season, they won so many games that it looked like they weren't going to pull through in. But this year, like I said, an entirely different story. Of course, Kevin Gosman, he's now with the Toronto Blue Jays, but they did bring in Carlos Rodon, who really has been fantastic for the Giants for the most part, but just has been the same year. But what's up, homie Doug? How you doing? What's up, Ryan? How you doing over on Facebook? We got Jamie Lannister. Giants have the most fair weather fans. Yeah, thanks, Pantone. That's from Rufus Ram. Ben from Walnut, California. That stadium was 50% Dodger blue from BC. Absolutely. And this one goes out to all the Dodger fans up in San Francisco representing Rockin' Your Dodger Blue. You win. This is for you, man. Big cheers. I'm going to celebrate with a crisp and refreshing Jim Beam highball seltzer. Here we go. Throw one back for Dodgers Nation. But we got they sold Dodgers merch. Yeah, Gary, they did. They sold Dodgers merch. At Oracle Park. That is so extremely embarrassing for that team, for that franchise. And look, you can't hate on them. I mean, it is capitalism. And you know that, hey, if 50% of the fans that are at the stadium are for the Dodgers, there's a real opportunity to sell some merch. But hey, I do think that is a giant embarrassment to send to sell another team's merchandise at your home stadium. To me, that is a no-no. I don't care if it was 100% Giants, Dodgers fans. You just don't do that. But here we go. Bring back Farmer Juan Dodger Dogs. That's from EB. The more the Giants fans, Wolf Boy, the more giant they are, the more giant they fluke, the more giant they flop. That's a fire take over there. Another sweep of the Giants. That's from Ron Jerica. Yeah, get out those broomsticks. Kevin Rios, Giants are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Let's go. Yeah, let me give you a let's go Dodgers for that one. Yeah, I think that's so fitting, too. The fact that the Dodgers, they end their season up in San Francisco and they eliminate them from playoff contention after last season. We saw the Dodgers won up in Dodger Stadium North in Game 5 of the NLDS. So the Dodgers, yes, they lost the division to the Giants last season, but they have gotten payback. They have avenged that loss in so many different ways, and hopefully they really cap it off with a World Series win. But here we go. Repping from Las Vegas. Uh, I was born in... That's from Wendy. I was Born a Dodger fan in the Bay Area. That's from ACDC Freak. Nice. You got some great parents. That's all I got to say about that. LC, yes, finally. Finally, yes, finally small ball paid off. That's from LC over on YouTube. Yeah, it definitely did, but check this out. And it does put more pressure on the pitcher having the runner at third. There's no question, but you also saw the real formula for the Dodgers' success because the next man up, Mookie Betts, he hits that double and he would have scored anyway, right? But the fact is, you put more pressure, and I think that, look, you just want to score runs. You want to manufacture offense. And the good thing is, you're not going to have to worry about this in the postseason. This bogus ghost runner, I call it the John Cena runner because you can't see him on second because it's almost like you forget they're even there. And, yeah, I think it's going to be good to just have more traditional uh, baseball because we don't need the ghost runner at all. But back, here we go. DMAC, shout-out to Linwood. I want that 700 winning percentage. That's 
from Luis Lyman. Yeah, by the way, how many wins do you think the Dodgers end up with this season? Because at this point, they're close to being on pace to a, for 113 wins, and that's historic. I mean, they're going to shatter the current franchise record, which is 106 wins. They did that in 2019. They did that in 2021, but also they didn't win the World Series both of those years. But you still have to celebrate what the Dodgers are doing because this is not normal, okay? This is not normal to be perennial World Series contenders, to win 100-plus games. The run the Dodgers have been on since 2017 has only been done since the 1953 New York Yankees when you look at wins and win percentage. So it's unbelievable what this franchise has been able to do. They've been the model of consistency, but... And I want to enjoy the victories. I want to enjoy the division titles. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning that World Series. Because more often than not, too many times, this franchise that at one point was called the Bridegrooms, they've been the Bridesmaids. And we don't want to see that once again this season. And I think the Dodgers are in a great spot because of this big lead that they have amassed. But what's up, homie? What's up, Mr. Gonzalez Chewy over on YouTube? We got Giants need to tear down. That's from Nick Leva. Yeah, do you guys think that Farhan is overrated let me know down below in the comment section because i think that those are some suspect moves not trying to trade the jock petersons the rodons guys you have on short-term deals to try to flip them for prospects to try to continue that rebuild because look last year it was almost good for the dodgers in the long run because the giants yes I think the way you could look at and i was the first person to say this was the giants technically did beat the dodgers because they wore them down. They ran out of gas because they were chasing the Giants, but still the Dodgers got the last laugh. But now will the Dodgers get the last laugh because it will it set this Giants organization back because they fooled themselves into thinking they were contenders, but in reality, they were just San Fluke Cisco, and that is the reality. And SF, it stands for season finished, and that's what the Dodgers did tonight. They eliminated their rivals from up north at Dodger Stadium North, and you love to see it. But here we go. Struck out J.D. at at least that's from ACDC. Yeah, if you look at that bottom of the 10th, Andre Jackson, he walks Estrada. And how about this? O2, let me know down below in the comment section. Did you think that was gone? Because I thought that felt like a jock walk-off there. And Jock Peterson, who's been a part of the last two World Series champions, it's not going to be Jock 3 Peterson because he's on the Giants. But still, that would have been a great moment for him to get that against the Dodgers because you know he still has a lot of friends in that Dodger clubhouse. But O2 to Jock Peterson. Peterson, he flies to right center, 396 feet, 104 miles per hour off the bat. It would have been a home run in 17 ballparks around Major League Baseball. But Mookie Betts, he does a fantastic job going out there to get it. And really, that's one of my big takeaways tonight, too, was the defensive plays. Not just not just Mookie Betts there in that inning, but how about... How about Cody Bellinger in the eighth inning? The bottom of the eighth inning, Wilmer Flores, he gave one a ride. And Bellinger, he covered so much range to get it. He had a 398 feet. So you had those two plays. And I thought even the end of the game with Freddie Freeman, the defense has been spectacular for the Dodgers. And when you look at that outfield with Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, look, I mean, it is special what they're able to do. In us uh, guys. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Freedom! Freedom! 
them whole. Lots of the comments. But yeah, it was special what they're able to do out there, just covering so much territory. So look, I mean, 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by water. The other 29% is covered by Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. So yeah, what they were able to do to really save this game for the Dodgers defensively, I thought that was spectacular because look, the Dodgers, they wanted to get payback against this Giants organization. They smelled blood. Dodger babes and sending D-Mac love right back at you, Dodger babe. You get a let's go Dodgers. We got um, uh, we got Jamie, we got uh, Rebecca, Michelle, David. Yo, I'm literally in Braves country, and I'm I'm going to get the side eye sometimes when I wear my Dodgers shirt, Rebecca. Yeah, here we go. We got Kimbrell's is still strong. That's from Iris K. Yeah, got to give Craig Kimbrell a lot of credit. I know I've been rough on him, Craig Kimbrell, and I just kept it real, man. And I think I still contend that if he can figure things out, that would be the best case scenario for this Dodgers bullpen. But if you look at the top of the tenth inning, he comes in in a two-two game, and in the in the bottom of the the, the ninth inning, he comes in there in a in a two-two game, and he made light work of the bottom of the Giants' order. An O-two count he gets Yaz to pop up into the infield for the first out three fastballs and then next batter one two pitch he gets wind to ground to short for the second out and then he strikes out Ramos with a knuckle curve and he just couldn't hold up so that was really one of the filthiest pitches one of the filthiest sequences I've seen from Craig Kimbrell this season and we didn't get the Kimplosion there so definitely it's now it's not about the let it go it's about the stash it's about the Kimbrell mustache out there that really changes things up and yes it's the bottom of the lineup yes this Giants lineup isn't potent but still he went out there and he had much better command of his fastball he was hitting his spots more efficiently more effectively he was pounding the zone with strikes and like I said 11 pitches 10 for strikes and that is the recipe for success for Craig Kimbrell if he wants to avoid being Craig Crumble he goes out there and he controls the strike zone if he pounds the strike zone with strikes he is going to have more success so it's definitely Got to give him his credit there. But what happened to Kapler's mini-me, Roy Miller? Hell, you watched the breakdown. I don't know what happened to him. Oh, I like this one. Jamie Lancer last night, uh, we got uh, late. Yes, that's what I was saying last, the, this last show, the uh, the last last year Lamont. There you go. Fire take. Fire My man, Jamie Lannister. By the way, you're watching the, uh, the House of Dragon? The Jamie Lannister. It's a great show, right? Gary A. Giants trying to keep the lights on. That's from Gary A. Craig Osterberg. <laughs> Gary A. Giants trying to keep the lights on. Yeah, Gary A. Look, it's a smart business decision. If you're talking about just dollars and cents, it makes a lot of sense. I'm telling you, next year, you're going to see the Giants. They're going to start selling Dodger dogs out there. I'm very certain. You're going to see Micheladas. You're going to see all your Dodger favorite foods and favorite treats. You're going to see them out there. You're probably going to see the little mini Dodger batting helmet yogurt thing so yeah it does make a lot of sense because look look look, it's not oracle park it is dodger stadium north that is what it's officially called at this point when you consider the fact that dodgers make up the majority of the fans out there dmac with the fire takes thanks socal red 16 always repping dodgers nation a dodgers nation day one really appreciate you here loyal loyal watcher of the show socal red 16 man appreciate you my guy uh renee 99 dodgers need to lock up trey and trace 
Yeah, I mean, I'm dropping a video on Trey Turner tomorrow. He made some comments to Dave Vasse, to Bill Plunkett, and really dispelling some of these myths that he only wants to play for a team on the East Coast. And he did say that, yes, it would be great to sleep in his own bed 12 months out of the year, that ultimately he'd love to play for the Dodgers. And I'll tell you, look, what it comes down to at the end of the day is whoever pays Trey will get Trey. Show him the money, and he'll be a Dodger. Look, they need to take a page out of Trey Turner's book and instead of him doing the slide the Dodgers need to slide a big fat contract over that desk and get him to sign it and I'm telling you he'll end up in Dodger blue but hey the Giants their team they could go after Trey Turner as well the Phillies could too let me let me ask you guys down below I want your thoughts on that do you think the Giants could be serious players for Trey Turner I want your thoughts down below Kapler was an astronomer that's from Joe Correa Uh, Kapler it looks like a typical San Francisco hipster. Francisco, Anthony Keene, they're going to get 113 Anthony Keene. Anthony Keene, I appreciate that. I hope they do. But in a sense, I predicted 107 wins. So I need a little bit of a losing streak. Dodgers, please help me out, okay? I'm just playing. I hope they get as many wins as they can. I hope that they end up with something like that, 113, 114. And, um, That'd be fantastic and really go out like the 1998 Yankees who end up winning, I think, 125 games, which is the most when you consider the postseason and regular season. But this is from my man Trace Gallo, season 2022. I love Trace, but he needs to figure out how to hit lefties, maybe make a mechanical, maybe make a mechanical or approach change. First of all, I want to say that uh, then I appreciate your honesty there because I know you're a major Trace Thompson stan, a major Trace Thompson truther, but that has been one issue with him this season is, look, they expected him to be a guy you could platoon and that guy could come in and hit against left-handed pitching, but so far that just hasn't been the case because if you look at how he's fared against lefties, he heading into, he has a 574 OPS, a 574 OPS and 72 at-bats, six doubles, two home runs, nine RBI, 35 strikeouts. Now you compare that. Now the good thing, though, the good news is what they didn't expect him to do was have so much success against righties. And against righties, he has been raking a 1,052 OPS, nine home runs, 27 RBI, seven doubles, and He's been fantastic, but yeah, he definitely needs to have more success against lefties. That swing, it really feels like it's very inspired by Matt Kemp. It does feel big at times, so I think shortening that swing a little bit and hitting for more contact in certain counts, I think, will bode well for Trace Thompson. So hopefully he can figure that out. But Ray Barcian, hey, DMAC sub. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Trace Thompson? I like that question. I like that take there because why do you guys think that he is not having the same amount of success against lefties? that he had in the past. I mean, what do you think the issue is with Trace and lefties? I'm still worried about the pen. That's from Rob Marvin. Are you guys worried about the pen on a scale of 1 to 10? What's your concern level with the bullpen? I mean, look, they've put together statistically one of the best bullpens in all of Major League Baseball, and that is with a lot of key injuries along the way. Blake Trinan's pitched in five games this season, and he was their best high-leverage reliever last year. It was Fireman Blake Trinan. It was uh, BTFD, right? BTFD. Blake trying to fire department and they discovered other guys, the Evan Phillipses of the world. And you've seen 
tonight. Alex Vesia, he did struggle with command. I want to talk about his appearance, but he's been electric all season long for the Dodgers. You talk about getting Tommy Canely, who's still trying to work his way back. He looked fantastic. He was shoving against the Diamondbacks. Didn't have his best stuff against the Giants yesterday, but I still think when you look at how filthy he can possibly be and the ceiling for him when he dominates, I mean, that changeup is nasty. The fastball, when he's commanding it, he's a guy that can be a real weapon. Craig Kimbrell, he's a major Concern. I mean, just the thought of him coming in in a one-run game or a tie game, that just scares the living hell out of me. I mean, I just don't have a lot of trust in Craig Kimbrell, but I do think that he's a guy that if he can lock down that ninth inning, it puts the Dodgers in a position where you can use the Blake Trinans and the Evan Phillips and the other high-leverage guys. Bruce Dark Gratterall is still going to make his way back. Yancey Almonte, Yancey Almonte. So I think the best-case scenario for the Dodgers is for him to work out, but yeah, I think the the back of the bullpen, the bullpen in its entirety, you have an influx of talent. I mean, you have guys that can miss bats, and that's what plays up in the postseason. And let's not forget that now with Tony Gonsolin, he's most likely going to take a spot in the Dodgers pen because there is not enough time for him to come back and build up as a starter. So we'll see. Is he a guy that you can bring out of the bullpen to get you multiple innings of relief? How about Andrew Heaney? He's a guy that maybe you could do a piggyback start with either a Dustin May or a Tony Gonsolin, and you get innings out of him, one or two or three innings out of Andrew Heaney. So I think the unique thing about this Dodgers bullpen is there's a multitude of guys that can go out there, but also give you multiple innings. Phil Bigford's the same thing, too. He can pitch two innings as well. So you want to play those matchups, but I think for the most part, there's a lot of talent in this Dodgers bullpen. What it really just comes down to is making sure everyone's healthy and making sure that Tommy Canely, because that to me is a real X factor, because when it comes to a guy who's pitched in the postseason, he's pitched for a big marquee franchise like the Dodgers. He knows what it's like to get on that mound in a pressure cooker environment. If he's a guy that can figure things out and he proves to be a high leverage guy, it's going to go a long way to provide the depth of this bullpen. So we'll see how it fares, but still a couple more weeks to go. Isaac Lopez Johansson, hot take, but also the truth. Right now, the only teams that can beat the Dodgers are the Mets, Braves, and the best team in baseball, Dodgers. Interesting. So I think you mean the Dodgers can beat themselves. Maybe you're talking about injuries. The Mets, their interesting team really comes down to the top of their rotation. I think for the Mets, it really comes down to if they hang on to win the NL East. Because if they hang on to win the NL East, that puts them in the position where they'll face the Dodgers in the in the NLCS. So that'll allow them to set up their rotation. So if they're able to do that, yeah, I definitely think the Mets are a team. I mean, look, if DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy, they're a tough matchup for anyone. doesn't matter who they're facing. The Dodgers, they've also had more success against high-velocity pitching than they have in years past. They've had more success against top-level pitching in general when we talk about their success against frontline starters this season. So they're in a better spot. And then you also have guys that can hit for contact up and down that order. You have added Freddie Freeman. You have Trey Turner, Mookie Betts. So I don't think it's a situation where the Dodgers will get outmatched and overmat- look like they're overmatched by a 
DeGrom or a Scherzer, anything like that. And I also think, hey, it'd be nice to give Scherzer some payback after he ducked game six, after he made a business decision and decided that uh, he had a little bit of a dead arm. But uh, yeah, to me, I think that's going to be an interesting one is that mess. And the Braves, too. I mean, what more can you say about the Braves? The Braves can absolutely beat the Dodgers. There's no question about it because they have a lot of talent. They have experience. They have postseason experience. And they're a team that's has like a Max Freed has given the Dodgers fits in the past. So, and also the Dodgers, they got dominated by that bullpen last year as well. But I have a lot of confidence in this team. I think this really just feels like it's the Dodgers year. Hopefully they cap it off with a commissioner's trophy, AKA a piece of metal. But here we go. Kimbrell's breaking ball. Looks filthy. Yeah, Trace, we talked about it a little earlier. It absolutely did. And he that's why the fastball command is so important because if, if he's dotting that fastball and he's throwing it in the zone, then he can use that knuckle curve as a weapon. He can use it out of the zone and get some chase with it. But if he's not commanding it, then it's not going to be as effective of a pitch. But remember when we all wanted Freddie and, and all the naysayers said it would never happen? That was amazing. That's from Rebecca. I love Trace, but he needs to – We got. let's go down here. Evan Almighty – should definitely be the closer. That's from Rebecca. Yeah, who you guys think should be the closer? We got Fallout San Francisco. The moment is too giant for us. I like that one. It's a fire take. take. Kimbrel showed excellent command tonight. He should. That's this is from Age Gomez ninety three over on YouTube. Kimbrel showed excellent command tonight. He just needs to do that on a consistent basis. Yeah, one of the big things for Craig Kimbrel is not pitching on back to back nights. He's pitched on back to back nights nine different times and has allowed seven runs in those situations. So that is really the key. Is you want to optimize him, keep him fresh. Also, he's a guy that said in the past he relies on that adrenaline to get up in these big moments, and you see the velocity tick up. You see the spin tick up you see the command tick up because the focus and concentration is better so yeah i think that craig kimbrell maybe it's the mustache i mean the power's in the mustache right so we'll see if craig kimbrell can build on tonight and yeah i guess i did a whole breakdown of the his last blown save against the diamondbacks but to me if you look at this entire season he has struggled when it comes to consistently like you said command the baseball and allowing hits so it's just does he have that lights-out stuff that can really slam the door shut on opponents? That, to me, is the question that, at this point, I'm not confident in saying that he does and that as of right now. And that could change. Hopefully, it does change. I mean, 2018, he was moved off that closer's role late in the year. So, we'll see. I mean, the Dodgers want him to succeed. They're going to give him every opportunity to down the stretch. But I also feel very confident that they won't have a long leash for Kimbrell. It's going to be a short leash. And if he can't get it done, they are going to look elsewhere. And I said a few days ago that Craig Kimbrell is not going to cost the Dodgers the World Series. He just isn't because the Dodgers aren't going to be as committed to him as they were to a Kenley Jansen. And even in the past, they moved off of Kenley Jansen in the 2020 postseason. So there's proof there. The Dodgers won't get themselves in a mess with that. But uh, here we go. One second, guys. Let's go back into this comment section. There we go. And how about a little love for Justin Turner, by the way? Little love. Let's go. Uh, Padre so happy they're busted trade for a hit today. That's for Michael. So he did. Okay, please don't. We got Elsa uh, where you say kayak. Yeah. Hey, man, you guys are, uh, are rocking with the shows, man. I appreciate I appreciate that. But, yeah, they're going to look elsewhere. Uh, fire take. 
Yeah, we can't let Trey go from Diane Schroeder. Yeah, I mean, they have to pay Trey. I think it's a no-brainer. You keep this core together. You talk about not just a big three, but you include a Will Smith. That is a one through four that is going to be one of the best offenses in baseball for the next five, six, seven seasons. So I just think that Freddie Freeman is going to age very well. So I think he's happy. I think he likes playing with Mookie and Freddie. I think he likes winning. So I just hope that, look, his favorite movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, he's the wolf of the ravine. I can't wait till he goes in that Dodgers clubhouse. He's like, I'm not freaking leaving. I'm not freaking leaving. He's banging the 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 mic on his head. I want to see it just like Jordan Belfort. But uh, Montoya says, I think Trey is gone, unfortunately. Rob Marvin says, nobody worried about the bullpen. I think there's definitely concern for sure. I think there's definitely some questions. But uh, Wendy Y says, Mac, I'm not sold on Trey. Why do you like him so much? Well, one, he's durable. He's the guy that goes out there and posts each and every day. He's consistently one of the best hitters one of the most dynamic players in the game when you talk about what he can do on the base pass, what he does at the plate, not just hitting for average, but hitting for power in spots. And I just think that I really, I value guys that you can trust are going to be out there and playing each and every day. And, He's a guy that doesn't have any injury history that's worrisome whatsoever. But I will say, too, on the same note, a 561 postseason OPS, you want to see him have more success in October. And I think that it's going to be a big test for him. And I think that he's in a great spot to really break out this postseason. Remember when Corey Seager was a postseason bust and everyone thought that Seager was terrible in October? Everyone thought that he's a guy that you couldn't count on and he was a regular season player. Well, guess what? He had a 203 batting average before the 2020 World Series, before the 2020 postseason. He wants, he goes on to win the 2020 NLCS MVP and the 2020 World Series MVP. He was fantastic. Had an 1141 OPS, hit eight home runs. So you never know when you're going to break out because the postseason – that is just a crapshoot. It's a small sample size relative to your regular season numbers. So I just think that Trey can get it done. I really do. And I think that batting in between Mookie and Freddie and in the two-hole versus the three-hole last year, he's going to be a better in a better position to have more success. But Jamie Lannister says, five, I'm more concerned about the rotation since they're all soft-tossing lefties. Jamie Lannister, I think that's a fantastic point that you bring up is, who are the gassers? And that's why the lefties, I mean, look, the thing about Julio Arias, he does give a home runs at times, and that is true. But they do have, and Clayton Kershaw is a guy who relies on that fastball command, the slider, the curveball, and you don't see them blowing it past guys. They're not going to miss tons of bats. I mean, they do. I mean, actually, when you talk about missing tons of bats, I mean, Kershaw, when, you look, when it comes to K percentage, he's a guy that will give you, will give you, big-time strikeout numbers at times. And Julio Reyes is, is the guy that can give you a double-digit strikeout game as well. But it's not that dominating stuff that you're going to see from a DeGrom or something like that. But what they do is they miss barrels. They keep it low in the zone. And and I think that uh, I think Julio Reyes is in a great spot to, to carry this Dodgers rotation. The way that slurve, I mean, the way he's changing shapes with it, the way he's elevating that four-seam fastball, changing the eye levels. I'm okay with the lefties. I think that with Kershaw, it's just a matter of health, a matter of him feeling good and just not making mistakes and keeping things on the edges, keeping it low, living low, living long. And then they do have a guy, a fireballer in Dustin May. So Dustin May is a guy that really changes the complexion 
section of this rotation as well. And then look at Tyler Anderson. He's another guy, too, that, yeah, there's really not a a lot of power righties, uh, power lefties that are out there. So it's an interesting take, and I think that really there was there's really not that many options for a power lefty that goes out there. I mean, you're not going to find Randy Johnson, right? So they just have to do what they can with the guys that they have right now and just hope that they stay healthy. And let's not forget that this team – can score a lot of runs, too. So hopefully they give their pitchers tons of run support. But Almonte is in the D-backs. You're talking about uh, – you might be talking about uh, uh, Maranta, maybe. Uh, South Central LA is here. Lynette, we got – yo, what's up? Let's go uh, – what's up, bro? Let's go Mets. We got a Mets fan, Eric Paz, Iris K. It was supposed to be my Giants, not the Dodgers. We got Dodgers too good from pound for pound. Yeah. So also want to give some love to how about Justin Turner? So just top of the fourth inning, leadoff walk by Freddie Freeman. And then JT, he doubles to left, scoring Freddie Freeman to give the Dodgers a one nothing lead. And Justin Turner, he's turned things around in a major way since the All-Star break. He actually leads the Dodgers since the All-Star break with a 997 OPS. He's slashing 346. 414, 583, five home runs, 15 doubles, 30 RBI. He has been fantastic. And I thought it was very interesting hearing them talk about Justin Turner as a potential future manager. Do you think that JT should be the manager of the Dodgers one day? What are your thoughts on that? Let me know down below. We got uh, Daniel Carson City, Nevada, D-Mac House. What up, Daniel, over on Facebook? Christopher, feels like we hate... The Madres more of the Giants these days, Christopher. I mean, it seems like there's more respect with the Giants when you look at the rivalry as a whole. I still see a lot of FTG out there. It, they, it does stand for SF, season finish, which is what the Dodgers did tonight. Last year, last year, wait, last year, Lamont couldn't get it done. He went from late night Lamont to last year, Lamont. And like we said, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a different team. And I think that there's just a lot of tension between the Giants, I mean, the Padres and the Dodgers because of the players on each team. I mean, there's not that many hateable players on the Giants, whereas you have Fernando Tatis Jr., Machado, Soto, some really strong personalities and some of the biggest stars in the game. But William Crumbles, we got Trey can walk like Corey and play for a 500 team if he wants. That's from Mike M. over on YouTube. Iris K., I want revenge against Scherzer for screwing us over last year. Iris K., uh, Ricky Rubio, DMAC, hashtag bang, bro. Uh, this fool uh, said the Clippers, that's from Adam. 18, we got uh, Dylan, we got uh, uh, the yes, Rebecca, this franchise bleeds money. We can pay Trey and Soto Orotani in the future. Mitchell Miller, Dodgers will win it all. I love that take. And then how about jumping to the top of the six? Trey Turner leadoff doubled his center. Then Freddie Freeman infield single to second. Then Trey Turner, he ends up scoring, making it 2-1 Dodgers. And then you jump to the bottom of the fourth. So I want to talk about this inning real quick and talking about Andrew Heaney, because are you guys feeling better about Andrew Heaney? Um, I don't trust Craig Kimbrell, D-Mac. That's from Moose. Mr. Gonzalez has Craig Jansen. I love that one. Yeah, it's going to be like Mission Impossible, and Craig's just going to rip his mask off. To me, it looks, looks like a mini Thor out there. He's going to rip his mask off. It's going to be Kenley Jansen. Uh, Kimbrell, not lights out all season. That's from Knuckles, triple seven. Elsa, where you say? That's from Ricky G. We got J.K. Maybe the weak link for the Braves. Yeah, he 
he struggled recently, blew that save against the Mariners. But uh, here we go. JT is fires from Wendy Y. JT is always a big plus. Moose 1032. I want to see what Trey does in the postseason before we pay him. Yeah, what I always say is, look, you go to Barber, you're not going to pay him before you see your haircut, right? And I think when it comes to Trey Turner, he basically made it clear with this organization that if they weren't going to offer him that contract, that yes, you could compartmentalize during spring training, but then they would hold off until after the season. So I do think this will give the Dodgers an opportunity to really assess him and evaluate how he performs in the postseason. And if he comes through in the clutch and he comes through big, well, one, it's going to increase his value around the league. And then two, the Dodgers are going to be in a position where there's going to be a lot of competition for Trey if he does have a lot of success. And let's say he wins the NLCS MVP and World Series MVP and you see big clutch base hits. So, yeah, he definitely has a lot to gain in the postseason. I still think that there's going to be teams out there that are going to want to pay him in in excess of 240, 250, 60, 260 million dollars just because of how good and consistent of a player that he is. But yeah, where was Lux Knight? Yeah, he didn't play. Uh, Will Doc going down as best Dodgers. Wow, that's a hot take right there. Doc going down as best manager in Dodgers history. That's from Will W. That is Sword. I mean, that is a a really, really hot take out uh, out there. But I respect that. That's what this show's all about. Give us the hottest takes you got. But uh, I mean, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, well, he, it's just look, I mean, he, this if he wins another World Series this year, and you talk about the fact that he should have won in 2017. He took that 2018 team to the World Series. They really had no business there, and they go up against that 108-win Red Sox team, and they lose that series. But still, he's had so much success. But, I mean, he has to get by Walter Alston. Walter Alston, he won four World Series as a manager of the Dodgers. Won in 1955, 1959, 1963, and 1965. Time of the of course, won two World Series titles. One in 81, one in 88. But, uh, yeah, I mean... It's a good. I think that D- Dave Roberts is a guy that is here for the long haul for sure. Uh, we got uh, Alberto Dimac. Give us your honest starting pitchers and relievers for the playoffs. I mean, I think it's pretty clear cut at this point when you talk about the starting rotation. You go Urias, you go Kershaw, you go May, and then of course you go Tyler Anderson. And then I think you're going to see a game here, a game there, where you have an opener situation, where you have a piggyback situation with a Gonsolin, with a Heaney. And I think they, they are going to maintain some flexibility where possibly you go shorter with Dustin May so you could bring him in in a reliever situation. And I do think right now, I mean, we'll see how the season ends up. But when you look at the back end of this Dodgers bullpen, you want to see how some of these guys that are returning from injury, how they fare. I mean, how will Bruce Dark Gratterall come back and look? Is he going to be back for good? Blake Trinan, he can be activated as early as this upcoming week. Will he come back and be back for good? Same thing goes with David Price. I mean, he's a guy that's, uh, by the way, he's retiring. So, David Price, congratulations on a great career. Uh, So, it just really depends on how everyone's going to look as a whole. Who can you trust out of that Dodgers pen? But... I think the big question, too, is will they have a role for Craig Kimbrell? Because if they don't think Craig Kimbrell can be their closer, is he a guy you want to see in a high leverage spot? Is he a guy you want to bring in with runners on base in a setup role? The answer is hell no. Okay, you don't want to see that. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to play itself out in the last couple of weeks here. I think that 
He, of course, got the locks with the Evan Phillipses. And I think Daniel Ferg- or, or, or for, uh, Chris Martin is, of course, a guy who solidified a spot in the Dodgers pen. I think he's been fantastic since they brought him in. But uh, here we go. We got uh, McGirt. What do you think about Mookie playing second and opening up a spot in the outfield? That's from McGirt. So McGirt's a good question. I think that, one, Mookie doesn't get enough credit. I mean, the baseball world went crazy with Shohei Otani and guys who can play multiple positions. But Mookie the fact that he is the best right fielder in the game and then you see him playing second base I think he could do that at a gold glove level possibly if he put even more work into it even though he came up as a second baseman but I think that Mookie really has identity as a right fielder he makes game changing plays as a right fielder and just look, if Mookie was in right field in the 2020 postseason, the Dodgers probably wouldn't win the World Series that season. So I think you want to still keep him in right field. But if you're talking about maybe opening up a spot for a big free agent, opening up a spot for you know Juan Soto down the road or an Aaron Judge next season, I mean, I think it depends. But yeah, I mean, Gavin Lux also depends too what happens at the second base spot and the shortstop spot. But to me, I'm still keeping Mookie Betts in right field because, look, he's the best right fielder in the game. And when you have the best player in that position, you want to keep him there because not only does he make spectacular catches, you see him with the outfield assist. And that is where you really take advantage of him as a premium player. You give him all this money, not just for what he can do at the plate with his bat, where this year he's really put together an MVP caliber season at the plate, but also what he can do in the field. And you really can't make as much of an impact on the second base role as he can in the right field. So I'm keeping him in right field. But Dakota Trey has been on a slow decline he hasn't been that great as the at beginning of the season and that's a fair point I mean that's a fair point when it comes to Trey Turner he had he's had his hot he's had his hot months and I, that's another reason why but I also think too with Trey Turner I mean September I mean what more could you ask for I mean 848 OPS yes the batting average is down it's at 288 this month but if you're looking at Trey Turner, I think he's trying to make an effort to slug. And I mean, I think that's kind of been one of the big things with Justin Turner, too, in the second half of the season, where it was about trying to get more extra base hits. And you're seeing that OPS at 848. And you compare that to to August when he really had somewhat of a down month, but the average was, was higher at 298, but the OPS was at 758. And then he had an 892 OPS in July an 873 OPS in June, an 879 OPS in in May, and then a 724 OPS in April. So, yeah, I think that hopefully you look at a guy like Trey Turner and that he can peak at the right time, and that's what I'm hoping for, and I think that it's going to crescendo into a postseason breakout for Trey Turner. But here we go. Jumbo Jacks, that's from CV. Yeah, what if they had 20 strikeouts? You get two Jumbo Jacks. Who knows? Uh, back-to-back 100-win seasons every day. Trey German over on YouTube. I like that take. It's a winner. You win. <laughs> Let me get some of this, though. Yeah, nice job. We got fire take. Fire take. All right, guys. So, it's a couple more here. I'm going to talk about this bo- uh, this bottom of the fourth inning real quick. So, leadoff line drive single. So, Andrew Heaney in the game. 
He had to sit 38 minutes, leadoff line drive single to Estrada, fastball outside. Not a bad pitch, nice piece of hitting. And he gets ahead 0-1 to Villar, VR. And then on the 3-1 count, he gets a swing and miss bottom of the zone to load the count. 3-2 pitch, he paints the corner with a four-seam fastball inside. And he was sitting on the slider. Heaney brought the heat for the first out, gets the punch out. And then Flores hits a ground rule double. We got to talk about that, too. The Dodgers, they benefited from those two ground rule doubles that would have been runs had they not gone out there. And then Flores hits that ground rule double. Slider, they caught too much of the plate. Estrada would have scored easily, but instead it goes... Uh, he said he goes back to third to give the D- Giants runners on second and third with one out. And then on the 3-1 to J.D. Davis, he misses very high for ball four to load the bases with one out. Then he falls behind 2-0 to Longoria. Then he gets him to foul one off to make it 2-1. and one. Then he gets a swing and miss to make it 2-2. Two and two. Then on the 2-2, two, two, he gets the punch out for his seventh of the ninth of four-seam fastball up in the zone. Fantastic pitch there. Great location. And then with the bases loaded, he strikes out Joey Bart on three pitches heater up 95 mile per hour cheddar to get out of the jam so that was a great spot right there for Andrew Heaney very clutch and uh yeah I thought it was a big bounce back star for him but yep guys couple more here be sure to smash that like button be sure to subscribe to the channel we are rocking here on the Dodgers Nation post game show the Dodgers eliminating the Giants they have dominated San Francisco this season they own San Fluke Cisco late night Lamont his last year, Lamont, like we said earlier, and uh, he wasn't able to get it done. Brule came in there. I thought it was a nice pull by Dave Roberts. Andre Jackson struggling with command. So, yeah, nice job by Craig Kimbrell. Heaney bounced back. The defense stepped up. Like I said, the Dodgers, they did benefit from some ground rule doubles. You saw another one there in the bottom of the eighth inning. 0-2 to Rombos. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about uh, Vesia. O2 to Ramos. He ends up walking him. Then to Estrada. He's up o- he O2. Then he walks him, missing arm side. So with the fastball. Then he strikes out Peterson on three pitches. Slider swinging in the zone. Then Flores gave one a ride. Bellinger covered so much range to get it. 398 feet for the second out. And then J.D. Davis gets a double into the gap. Goes as a ground rule double. Dodgers catch another break thanks to that ground rule double rule. And then Estrada, he would have scored. So they intensely walked Longoria. Then 2-2 to Lamont Wade Jr. They punch him out with the slider sitting on the heater. Vesey gets that big strikeout with the bases loaded. So one run on one hit to tie things up there for the Giants, but it could have been worse. So that's another theme for tonight. Dodgers escaping bases loaded jams and you also getting the ground roll double. So you had another example in that inning. Then bottom of the ninth, we talked about that. Mookie Betts clutch hit. Dodgers get the win. But yeah, a couple more takes here, guys. And I'll be back tomorrow for the Blue Heaven podcast with Clint Pasillas. I'm dropping a video on Trey Turner tomorrow as well. But uh, yeah, any any burns for the Giants? Let's hear them. San Fluke, Cisco. You guys are one-hit wonders. You guys are like Hanson and Bob. You guys are one-hit wonders, and you guys, you enjoy looking up to the Dodgers because you're now, after tonight, Dodgers 101-44, 32 games up on the Giants in the division. So, hope last year was fun because it's a different story this season. LA's taking 15 of 19 against the hated ones. But uh, Will steal your water next. That's from Craig Osterberg. Felt like they should have kept Vesia in for the close. Uh, they should... 
They could even go hard two years straight like Gus asked from William. Yeah, the Dodgers is routine. I mean, you know they're going to go out for a World Series title each and every season. But uh, thanks, Diane, for rocking with us. Chris, when I moved up here in 1986, I knew of the rivalry. But only here it began to began to see fans here go after Dodger fans. Interesting. D-Mag bringing the heat. I.E. Doyer, appreciate you over there. Let's go Mets. Eric, hey, we could. I hope we see a Dodgers-Mets NLCS. Dodgers, of course, get the win just like 1988. And then we see a Dodgers-Yankees or a Dodgers-Trastros World Series. I think it'd be great for baseball. Mike Saldana, Jock, will be a Dodger next year. You're calling it. That's a fire take. Uh, Watch MLB come out and say the Padres still have a chance to win the division. Francisco, hey, man, you know they love them some Padres. They'll do anything to try to spin a story for them. But uh, should Julio Urias win the Cy Young? I just dropped a video on that today over on our YouTube channel. So go check that out on Julio Urias. But thanks for rocking with us, guys. After the Dodgers get the win, they beat San Francisco. It is San Fluke Cisco. Their season's officially over. The Dodgers, a 789 win percentage over the Giants this year. And last year, they, of course, lose the season series 10 to 9. This year, they win 15. 15 and 4. They go 15 and 4 against San Francisco and win 15 of 9. This team is something else. But uh, yeah, a couple more and then we will head out of this one. San Francisco, that's a fire take. I like it. You win. But thanks for rocking with us, guys. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you 